All right. Thank you. Always fun. Cheers. I'm hoping that's water, yeah? That is all water. It's the biggest glass I can find. I don't do, uh, I find it hard to drink juice now. And pop is like almost impossible. Um, Once in a while, I'll have pop, but it just, I can't finish the whole glass kind of thing. And uh, so I did get into carbonated water. Yay. And I can handle that. Yeah. But um, it's the sugar and the syrups and the other toxic shit that's in the yeah. other stuff. Like the like, so one of my favorite drinks is this West Indian cola champagne, and it's pop. But I can't drink it anymore because it's so sweet. So it's like I I take a sip, and then I'm like, oh, I have to finish this because I opened it, and I just I'm just like not enjoying it as much as I used to. So, yeah. Were you raised on the whole, you finish it because you opened it or you finish it because you took it? You know, you took it, it's on your plate, and, you eat it. Yeah, and also, like, I think my little siblings would be too young to remember, but my parents were, like, so broke that it was, like, chicken noodle soup every day. And then Sunday we had our special meal, which was rice and peas and chicken. <laughs> And you eat that because nothing goes to waste. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Definitely. I totally hear that. And like, I mean, I think we're all kind of products of that at this day and age, right? Like yeah. most of our yeah. parents were. Um, even their parents, right? Like you have to realize where they were coming from. Like the whole, yeah. like with the depression and then the 60s. Like, so you have all this like ups and flows. So it's, I definitely was raised with the, like, you took it, you eat it, and you finish what's on your plate. You know, you don't get up from the table until you finish your meal sort of thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 So, it's the odd time where I'm like, okay, this is too much. Like, when somebody would be, like, daring me to, so there was this massive burger. Um, they called it the Glacier Burger. And it was the size, <laughs> it was 10 inches. The burger was 10 inches. Oh, no. So the, the first time I had it, no problem. Dusted it off. Went right back to work like nothing is wrong. And then I had it another time, and I'm like, what? What's going on? I can't eat this. No. <laughs> I just realized that I've learned portion control. Yes. And that is actually something that your body has to learn because you're, we've been ignoring it for so long, right? This is why people talk about like leptin and ghrelin and all these like hormones when it comes to hunger and hunger signals. And a lot of people don't even know when they're hungry anymore or when they're full. They don't get those types of signals because they've been ignoring it. So the body's like, well, fuck you. If you're not gonna listen to me, then like you're on your own kid, you know, like bye. So we tend to ignore the things below our eyes. But like, have you ever heard the saying, people think that we use 10% of our brains? (laughs) <laughs> yes i heard that right one. Yeah. i honestly don't think that's because if we use 10 percent of the mushy shit between our ears it's because we don't listen to the rest of our body is we are ignoring everything below our eyes because your brain is not separate from your body you are one and the same you are as a whole you are greater than the sum of your parts yeah because an arm is a useless appendage you might be able to slap somebody but like not without something else to like you know, you need a, a torso, you need other things 
to have right. this arm be anything useful. Um, and I just find it really ironic when we call them specialists, right? They only see one part. So they're the heart specialist or a brain specialist or a foot specialist or whatever. And I'm like, but your knee bone's connected to your wear. You know, like we know this as children, we just forget. Right. Yeah. And then we spend our entire childhood wishing we were adults so that no one would tell us what to do. But then we spend our entire adulthood looking for some fucking guru to tell us what to do because we've spent our entire adults or childhoods being told that we don't know ourselves, right? We're being yeah. told that like, oh, mommy knows better or daddy knows better or the doctor knows better, but nobody knows you better than you. Right. Nobody, exactly. is your, nobody is a better nutritionist for you than you. Nobody is a better personal trainer. Nobody's a better doctor. Nobody's a better friend. But how shitty, if you actually think about how shitty you treat yourself, you would not be your own friend. Maybe you, because right? you love on yourself a whole lot. <laughs> I love that you love on yourself. But nobody does, right? You think of women. How many times do women look at themselves in the mirror and be like, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm this, I'm that, and that. But no, 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 no. Well, wait, it's even wait, wait, dudes, wait. too. This whole, this whole stigma about being a manly man and, and not showing emotion and stuff like that. Like, Which way to the beach? Like, you know? <laughs> There's, there's it's just this weird mentality that like you know guys don't have hormones what guys don't have feelings what emotions Pfft, they're not born with those so like that's a weird stigma and then women are all hormones oh she's just hormonal oh it's just emotions oh it's just this and i'm like ah! oh god <laughs> but it's literally because we're not listening to our own bodies that really i think that's what sets us up for sickness that's really what sets us up because it's not Mm. thinking about like moments of stillness if you're anxious right so we've talked about anxiety we've talked about insomnia we've talked about things in the past and there's a lot to be said for the body benefits from movement but the mind benefits from stillness so if you're right. anxious you're missing one or the other you've either go 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 all day and you have not taken moments of stillness or you've just sat around thinking all day and your body's like a pent-up dog that's like Nee you know, Jack Russell Terrier, who's never been outside for the day. Like that's not going to go over well. And you're not going to be able to sleep. You're going to be like, I wonder if penguins have knees. wonder why do they call it chilly if it's hot? You know, like it's just stupid shit. I'll, I'll give you a, a perfect example of that. <laughs> Last night, my brother, Danny, the genius. Yes. <laughs> he was supposed to come through here and then drive on to Grand Prairie. So from here to Grand Prairie, 12 hour drive. He told dad he was going to be here at midnight. So I'm like, dad, did you rest? Like, make sure you're, you, you're okay. Cause I don't want neither of you falling asleep. And Danny's been working all day. So this is not going to be good. No, I'm not. Of course I slept. I'm not, I'm not, let, I'm not letting Danny like drive by himself kind of thing. Right. Nobody sleeps on Danny driving. Bad idea. Even if he's wide awake. So I get a call at 1230. Yo, can you help me out? What happened? Uh, I went into the ditch. Oh. How did you get into the ditch? Well, the train was there, and I wanted to turn around because the train was there for too long. Just wait it out. Just wait the train out. Yeah. Um, so I have this trailer with me. So you and the trailer are in the ditch. Yeah. Can you come tow me out? I don't have a vehicle to tow you out. I have a half-ton truck. And you have a half-ton truck, 
in mud down in a ditch with a trailer attached to it. Ah, ah, no, that's not happening. Physics, buddy, physics. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I go out there just to prove a point, pretty much. And he's like, oh, I got some towing equipment. I was like, okay, fine. I'll give it a shot. So I get out there, and it's probably about 1 o'clock when I get there. And I'm already tired. I should have been sleeping a while ago, but I just wanted to make sure that Dad and Danny was here, and they were off. So I'm sitting in my truck because I'm like, if I get out, we're just going to be screaming at each other. So I'm sitting in the truck. What are you guys doing? Well, I have this tie-down strap. It's not a tow rope. It's not even. Anyways, so he's like, "Do you have a hitch?" I was like, "Yeah, I have a hitch, but I don't have a I don't have a a ball for the hitch." He's like, well, "Why don't you?" Because you have to buy it. I'm never towing anything. Okay, all right. So he ties the tie the tow strap or the tie down to the hitch, and then he's trying to get me to pull out the trailer because he detached the trailer from his truck, and this whole time I'm thinking. Oh my goodness, I'm gonna lose my hitch. He's gonna pull the bumper off. Nope, stop, let's not do this. So then my dad's like, oh, maybe we can get the truck out. And I'm like, it's not gonna work, guys. Patience, that's all head, they needed all was patience. Right? In my head, all I'm all I'm all I'm thinking is he's gonna wreck my truck, he's gonna wreck my truck, and it's gonna cost us more than uh even calling the tow truck, and my mind's just racing just racing and I was like if I was asleep right now this wouldn't have been an issue I would have been just fine in the morning Danny would have told me about his adventures and I would maybe laughed with him but I was so angry because I was a I didn't get enough sleep and well b it's Danny but yeah like but yeah <laughs> We're a no, train. Like, if it's right? one thing when you're like I swerved to miss a deer or something, but you're like, ah, I was impatient writing for a train. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to turn around in a two, in a one lane spot where the ditch is probably about six feet deep. <laughs> oh, so angry. But yeah, you're right. Like, because I had already, I'd like, I'd already set myself that, okay, I'm just going to go to sleep. And because today I didn't really have a whole lot to, to do i was like i can take it easy today and just rest up but no i didn't get home till four o'clock in the morning those are the golden hours buddy 10 p.m to 4 a.m are like my i am like vicious when it comes to those hours you don't i don't care if you are face first in a rock cliff and calling for help don't call me i am not your emergency <laughs> Don't call me. I, I secretly, I secretly wished that, like, maybe my hitch did get pulled out or something like that. So for the rest of the time, I'm like, no, man, you owe me a new hitch. I'm not doing anything until you get me this new hitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily that didn't happen because then you'd be like super pissed that your fucking hitch was broke. But <laughs> you know, oh, but yeah, Danny. No. But sleep is a big yeah. one. That is a huge thing. Like, I, mean, I bet you feel like shit afterwards, right? Like the day after yeah. is going to be awful. And like if <laughs> there's a global experiment for losing an hour of sleep, they call it daylight savings. I know you guys don't have to deal with that <laughs> in Saskatchewan, but 
<laughs> I guarantee you the week <laughs> after they cut an hour, people are fucked. You know, like they're just, there's more accidents. There's more like not only just car accidents, but like physical accidents. Like there's more work accidents. There's just more bad stuff that happens to people in the week after they take away an hour of sleep. So when we yeah. lose an hour of sleep, if they've proven that if you, if you're stay up for like 24 hours, you're legally drunk. You are legally not allowed to drive because you're yes, sleep deprived. And that is a huge, like you might as well drive drunk. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you'd be probably better off. And I have definitely fallen asleep at the wheel. Like I remember back in the day when I was, you know, 20 something and thought sleep is for the dead and fuck that. I'm better than, you know, 10 feet tall and bulletproof. But there was definitely a moment where I don't remember the drive home, you know? And then when you wake up in the driveway being like, thank God I'm home. That's a scary moment where you're like, wait a minute. I don't remember the last few minutes driving home because your brain goes, oh, I know this route. You can rest. And your body goes, thanks. Yes. You yeah. know, so that, and that's what I'm saying. Like when we, when we rely on just the brain, when we tell ourselves that it's the blind pilot running the show and I very much call it a blind pilot since my concussion. Okay. Because I mean, I called it that before, but it was big wake up call when I hit my head and I could not pour water into a glass. Like I could, my bodily, my, my like cognitive functions, the things that I wanted to think about doing, I could not for yep. the life of me do but I still digested my food. I still filled my lungs. My heart still beat. You know, I did all those things, but I could not think about them. I could not have told you what five plus three was, even using my right. fingers. So don't tell me the mushy blind pilot is the one running the show, right? Cause like that's an over credited switchboard operator at this point, because you are so brilliant below your eyes. And yet so many people treat their bodies like the enemy, like your body's out to get you. And yet it takes care of you in every possible way. And yet when we want something from our bodies, what do we do? Beat it like a disobedient dog, right? We spend an hour on the treadmill or we deprive ourselves with calorie restriction or we sleep deprived because success is synonymous with burnout. Whatever the fuck it is, we punish ourselves for what we've eaten, for what we've not eaten, whatever, right? We punish ourselves. But if you turned it around and looked at the actual facts, we could go weeks without food, like weeks, legit, go weeks without food. Ask anyone who's ever been hungry, you can go weeks without food. You right. can't survive a week without sleep. Like you would die. Right, exactly. Legit, yeah. you would fucking die. You can't go more than a few days. Nobody's ever been able to do it without drugs. Um, and you start hallucinating. Like, I don't know if anybody... Um, like has had insomnia really bad, but you hallucinate hardcore and you think things that aren't true. Like my buddy, Tim, like anybody who's been a personal trainer knows that like, those are long ass days and you're working for nothing, you know, and you get 16, 17 hour days at the gym. And by the time you get home, you're just so drained from like giving to other people all day that you're just sucked dry. Right. So my buddy, Tim driving home after a long day and he pulls up to a stoplight or a stop sign, I can't remember. But he's sitting there with his baseball hat on and a big hoodie and just like, okay, I wanna get home, wanna get home. Cop pulls up to the same light. He flicks off his hat, throws it under the seat, and he's sitting there like, I hope he didn't see me. Wait a minute. It's not illegal to drive with a baseball hat on. Like, he had that moment of like, wait, whoa, I'm tired. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> 
So I've had a full out like crying fest at a DMV because I was overstressed, overtired, overworked, you know, studying for exams, all that stuff. And this woman tells me that I have to pay for a full year instead of prorated for a couple of months. And I just break it into tears. I tell her how awful she is. And I look over and it's like, she's got this award for customer service. It's like, Tammy, best co- I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> so like crazy shit happens when you're sleep deprived, right? Yes. So we can go weeks yep. without food. You can't go a week without sleep. You can't go more than a few days without water. Right. You're not sick. You're thirsty. Good luck a day without air though. And how often do we spend time <laughs> breathing properly? Because the mushy blind pilot depends on your body for signals. So if I'm breathing, it's going to take me seconds to feel stress. Seconds. Right. Yep. Seconds for my for mushy blind pilot to go, uh-oh, Megan's stressed out. Let's send in the hormones. And all I did was change my breathing pattern. So if I'm shallow breathing in my chest, which most of us do, we take super shallow breaths. If you sit up tall and you put your hand on your chest and your hand on your belly and take a big breath, one of them probably won't move, right? Most people are either chest breathers and their shoulders come up near their ears and all that stuff, or they're belly breathers. Their chest kind of sinks and their belly comes out. That is completely Mm -hmm. opposite. If you watch a newborn breathe, their entire body's involved. Right, yeah. Their entire body. So when you breathe, if you go you'll feel where your breath is supposed to go. You can expand 360 degrees as opposed to just, most people just breathe with their neck. That's like putting the accountant in for the quarterback and expecting to win the game. We're putting in the piddly, you know what I mean? Most people go and they try to lift their lungs with their chest and neck muscles as opposed to their diaphragm. Yeah. And only that, just that little switch sends signals of stress. If you're dehydrated, which 90% of my clients are severely, chronically hydrated when they come to me, and it's scary because they've been dealing with headaches, they've been dealing with constipation, they've been dealing with joint pain, they've been dealing with brain fog, they've been dealing with all these crazy symptoms, and they're going to that specialist and that specialist and that specialist and that specialist. None of their specialists are talking to each other, and I say, how much water do you drink in a day? And they go, I don't know, a bottle or two? Dude, you're not sick, you're thirsty. Like your body designed on water, right? Like your body is every single biological function, if not 98% of them require water. Not Mio, not vitamin water, not other shit, the crystal light or whatever the fuck else you put in your water, not lemon water. Every nutritionist I know over recommends lemon water. It drives me crazy. Because then people squeeze that, you know, that real lemon shit. <laughs> oh, They squeeze yeah, yeah, that yeah, real yeah, lemon yeah. shit in their water, or they're just squeezing lemon juice in their water, and then they throw the peel away. The most important part of the lemon is the peel. I was about to say, rind. yeah. It was... <laughs> it's the oils in the rind. So it's essentially essential lemon oil that's going to help mm-hmm. you emulsify fats. It's going to help you um, detoxify your liver. It's going to help. There's so many benefits to drinking lemon water. But if you're just squeezing acidic lemon juice into your water and drinking it and calling that water, you're just like your enamel is just destroyed for starters Mm -hmm. because you're just eating away your teeth and you're not drinking water because the second you add something to your water, it is no longer chemically water. Right. 
right? And like anything, that's why I love that like you and I started in chemistry. As much as that was like, oh, I'm so bored. I am so thankful I stuck with it because now I see, and I mean, we started in pharmaceutical chemistry. That was a whole different ball game, right? But I got to see, I got to work at Apotex. I got to work for Nanogen. I got to work at like, you know, uh, Guelph Chemical Laboratories where the guy is working on his 25th fucking patent for biomass gasification. Like I worked on some crazy stuff, but that's what made me realize that that's not healthcare. Like even just the, the natural energy stuff, they were still doing things that your pharmaceuticals, what I found out was they're utilizing mother nature and trying to copy her by stripping and adding synthetics. And you know what I mean? It's like a copycat game. They're trying to mimic. But the problem that I see with a specialist is they see very small amounts. They're not looking at big picture, right? So if you walk through a forest, you're never going to see the whole forest. But if you take a helicopter trip over the forest, you're never going to see what's in it on the floor of that forest, right? right? You need both. You need to take a walk through and you need to fly overhead. So I think that's where I, um, my experience as like a career has been, like I've been gifted that way, but I think my, the way I grew up, I was completely gifted with the fact that I grew up in the country and the city. So I got to see big picture, how nature interacts with nature. And then I got to experience, you know, going to the mall with my friends. Right, you yeah. Know? yeah. So that when I hear a story about, so this is where it kind of irks me, where like, let's say there's um, a protected park in Washington that was protected. It's the school board, basically. The school board owns that property. They're going to use those trees for like books and all sorts of things for the school board. Okay. So they've got a plot of land with a bunch of trees. They're trying to save and protect those trees because the school board needs them for something. So what they've, notice is that a bunch of bears are coming in and scratching the trees so let's shoot all the bears let's kill off all the bears but then in the process of killing off all the bears they actually ended up killing the trees how what happened what what you were damaging the trees i thought how are we now killing the trees and this happened with um a man named alan savoy with a bunch of elephants too they ended up killing over forty thousand elephants and then realized whoops that wasn't the problem So what happened with the bears is that the bears were going to the rivers, catching fish, bringing fish back into the the forest. They were eating the fish and dropping the bones and the phosphorus and all the fertilizers that the fish carcasses would have given, right? Then they're scratching the trees to, which brings in bees, which brings more fungus, which brings like, it's a whole life cycle as opposed to let's just shoot the bears because they're scratching my trees. They don't see that the bears are keeping your trees alive. Mm-hmm. Fucking leave the bears alone. What was you know happening what I mean? in the Arctic? There's something mm-hmm. happening in the Arctic where there is an increase of, I want to say seals. I could be wrong. But um, the increase of seals is actually being a decrease in bears because um, the, the polar ice caps that are melting are making it harder for the polar bears to use as jumping boards or whatever to get around. And now that the seals aren't being attacked as much, they're overpopulating. Yeah. 
And people at first were like, oh, great, the seals. It's like, um, we're not seeing everything here, though. Mm. Like, as cool as you think seals are, there is a purpose for everything. Yeah. And if you're just going to look at one spot and say, yo, I like it. I like, I like red because red reminds me of blood. And then you're like, well, I don't like purple. Purple is the stupidest color. So let's get rid of purple. But there's red inside of purple. Yeah. Like. Yeah. They don't yeah. see the connections. And I think that's, that's like, I don't know. I, I don't want to say like, that's my gift. Cause like you can teach anybody this stuff, you know, it's not like I'm a superpower and this is like, I have x-ray vision or something fun. It's just, I see the patterns. I see the, the, the domino effect. Right. right. And that's how I see the difference. Like that's, I think personally what makes me different in terms of how I see the human body is I see the domino effect. I don't chase symptoms. I don't honestly give a fuck about your symptoms. I don't care. That's just your body's way of telling you, you are doing something wrong, right? Yeah. If you're doing like a bench press and your shoulders hurt, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> like stop, assess what you're doing as opposed to just being like, fuck bench press. It hurts my shoulders. You know, right. like there's just so many things that people are like, you know, everybody should be vegan or everyone should go on keto or everyone should be paleo, but you don't force a rabbit to eat a wolf's diet. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. the same thing goes for us. And there's very few animals that will actually like kill or eat themselves into extinction, but we're one of them. Um, there's a specific links that'll do it too. So like there's, they basically like, they'll eat the rabbit population to the point where they're starving. And then they all die. And then the rabbit population comes back. And then the lynx population comes back. And then they eat the rabbit population till they're starving. And then they all die. And then it's this weird, like, why do you just eat them till they're gone? Why not just eat them till they're almost gone? You know, like, it's, it's the same thing with farming and the way we treat earth. We treat earth like it's this expendable, like, constant resource that is just here for our taking. We are being brainwashed into thinking we are not part and parcel of this planet. Nothing makes us better than the trees. Nothing makes us better than the bugs and the bees and the rabbits and the everything because we're all here for a purpose and we're exploiting that purpose. We're exploiting the planet. It's an ecosystem, right? So mm. all parts need to be working for a system yeah. to work. Yeah, it's not a chain of command. And you know, like animals aren't just here for our pickings. Like we have to work together. We have to work with nature and it's, it's really sad when, when people don't see that connection. I, there's a few that Paul Stamets is one um, who definitely is starting to see that connection. He works with a lot of, um, he's a mycelium guy. He's the mushroom guy. And he oh, okay. is going to like cure the world with mushrooms, basically. Like the things he's doing. The problem is with people like that is they're going to be killed off because big pharma big agriculture, big oil. They don't want to see us on sustainable energy, renewable resources. They don't want to see us independent growing our own food because growing your own food is like printing your own money. The system doesn't want to see you do that. Oh, hells no. So I knew I had to get out of the pharmaceutical industry because I was either going to be killed off, blacklisted. I was going to be the whistleblower. So I knew I had to get out and try to fix it from the outside because I knew I couldn't fix it from the inside. And that's what I wanted to do because I was a sick child and I was a medical mystery. I was a girl who was brushed aside by doctors or rolled their, you know, they rolled their eyes at me or called me a hypochondriac or 
just, oh, you're fine, whatever. It's your hormones, go on the pill, blah, blah, blah. Like just brushed off. And so many women are left in that position. We're not listened to. Like I said, it's just, oh, it's your hormones. Go back on the pill. And same with guys. Oh, it's just, you know, your dick doesn't get hard. Here's some Viagra. But nobody told you that Viagra was made for heart patients. ED is getting a boner is just a fucking side effect of that shit. So they're banking on side effects as opposed to looking for cures. They're looking for sales. And you are not sold a pharmaceutical by a scientist. You are sold a pharmaceutical by a salesman. And I was not going to be in that place. I felt ethically better about myself. Like I would have rather sell cocaine to school children than pharmaceuticals to doctors who are going to like abuse that responsibility because white coat syndrome is a real thing. So I remember when I had mono and you know the story, but anyways, my doctor, um, one day I went to him and I was like, okay, I don't know what's wrong. And he looked at me and says, neither do I. There's so many things out there that could be, I just have to check my book. And I'm like, you have 30 years experience as a general practitioner and you can't figure out my symptoms. This is, this is a flawed system. This is just a money grab. Okay. I see. They're chasing symptoms and that's it. They are chasing symptoms. They do not know. And I knew this and I actually asked my doctor one time, which cereal box he got his medical degree out of. Because he did not know that my birth control was going through my liver first. Because I had said I went off the pills because I was doing a major liver cleanse. And he goes, oh, well, that has nothing to do with the liver. And I was like, I'm sorry, excuse me. There's something called the... the..." So anyways, long story short, my doc didn't know that the birth control pill was going to be affecting my liver. And then I know, right? (laughs) So this is where the medical degree out of the cereal box thing came from. And the other thing, because he was the type of guy that you had to be dying for him to want to give you blood work. Like you had to have a very like solid reason. You couldn't just be like, I just want to know. He'd be like, no. So I went in and I was like, yo, look, the most conceivable reason is that I just got married and I'm trying to conceive. So I'm like, I want blood work, trying to conceive. You know what this man did? He came, he went out of the room, came back in with a five-year IUD. Dude, don't try to sell me contraceptive. I just told you I want blood work to try to conceive. Why are you selling me a five-year contraceptive? Like, are you trying to tell me I should not have babies? Like, I was so upset. And I thought to myself, if I was actually a hormonal woman who was actually trying to conceive and not just rather have puppies, then I would have probably lost my mind. I would have, like, smashed his head with a clipboard or something. Like, whoo. Like that would not have gone over well. And I think to myself that like, I'm a strong, like opinionated person. I could not imagine going to the doctor and being rolled over like some people who can't stand up for themselves, who just blindly believe the doctor. You know what I mean? Lots of people just go in and they're like, well, this is what my doctor said. So that's what I'm going to do. And I'm like, I would have fought that tooth and nail. I would have asked for like, not a second opinion or anything, but at least explain why. You know, why do you think right. that? Why are you prescribing this? Because when I've asked those questions, they're like, well, because I don't know. And I thought I'd try this out. Oh, so I'm your guinea pig with a steroid nasal spray. Awesome. Like, no. So I don't want to be their guinea pig. If you don't know, at least have the balls to say, I don't know. But I swear that's medical training 101. Day one, you are not allowed to say, I don't know. 
Yep. Yeah, my mom. Well, I remember being young, so I don't fully remember everything. But she went to her general practitioner. Something was wrong. Um, and he just kind of like brushed it off and gave her some um, antibiotic. <laughs> of course. It's either antibiotics, <laughs> birth control, or antidepressants. Those are the three things that are they're like going to give you. And then if you're over the age of whatever, then it's like Lipitor or some sort of like cholesterol lowering drug, which is so yeah. bullshit. Don't even get me started on that one. <laughs> Anyways, so turns out, I think a week later or so, she ended up having to go to the hospital because it was getting worse. And whatever the doctor prescribed her was actually making her worse. And he was a, he said he was a, a great doctor. And again, he was another guy who had like 30 years experience. Now I was like eight or nine. So I didn't know fully understand what was going on, but I was thinking, how does this doctor who's supposed to be this well-educated man do something, make it worse. And then I just remember my parents talking with their friends about other horror stories where the doctor is just like, oh no, you'll be fine. Oh no, you'll be fine. And all they're really doing is collecting a check. And they know full well that this person probably might not make it through. Or if they did mess up that, um, you know, keep it hush hush or else that's their license. Absolutely. They almost, when my sister had Rachel, I don't know if you remember this, but like when Chrissy went into the hospital for Ray, she, they hit an artery. She ended up having to go in for emergency C-section, like her, like the, everything wasn't going as planned or whatever. Um, there was a whole bunch of things leading up to this. Like her catheter was in wrong. Like there was just so much wrong. But at the end of the day, she ended up having emergency C-section, but they hit an artery. She bled internally for four and a half hours before anybody noticed she almost died. She ended up in an ICU on an induced coma, all the works. Nobody said a thing. We were all like up in arms. You killed my sister. You just about killed her. They were all like, well, it was all protocol. It was a learning hospital. Sorry, you can't do anything. Like, it's crazy. And they'll all back each other up. Oh, no, it was totally to code and all this thing. And everybody did as they should. Oh, no, you didn't because you hit an artery. You didn't see it. You let her bleed internally. And then you were pulling blood clots out of her the size of like pieces of gauze so don't tell me y'all did everything you could like that was malpractice that was like you know there was so many things that were looked over and when Chrissy is like something feels weird something feels weird and the nurse just brushes her off oh it's fine and then three hours later they find out oh shit we put your catheter in wrong like listen to your people don't just brush them off and say I know better because I'm a nurse or I'm a doctor or I'm whatever like I'm fully <laughs> This might sound really terrible and you might want to cut it out later, but I'm fully under the impression that the hospital killed my mother. Yes, my mother had cancer, but my mother went into the hospital pretty okay and she did not last six weeks. Like she declined so fast in the hospital. Like the day she went in to the day she died, it was six weeks and she, I don't think she could have declined any faster. I walked in at one point and her and a nurse and this did not go well with me, obviously, because I already have a, like a very strong opinion about the pharmaceutical world and the medical industry and all that stuff. And a very strong opinion about the holistic approach and doing it naturally and doing it also with Western medicine too, right? So you don't want to yeah. like get rid of one or the other and just go with like exactly. Reiki or something, you know, like it's just, it has to right. be a marriage of all of it. And I walked into my mom's room at one point and 
this was still kind of maybe like halfway through. I think it was still in December. It was before Christmas. And she was talking to the nurse about how the doctor didn't know what she was doing. And I was like, great, this is going to be a fun conversation for me to overhear. So the doctor had her on six different anti-nauseas. Six. Because of the anti-nauseas and the effects of the anti-nauseas, they'd put her, like her blood pressure would go really low and she'd, then they'd have to take her off the anti-nausea and put her on a buffer solution of like magnesium sulfate or something like that. Some sort of buffer solution, right? To get her blood pressure back up. So they basically did this on and off. Like my mother's hands were so bruised. Her skin was so thin. Like it just, she looked like she had been stabbed with a fork. Like it was disgusting. So I walk in, she looks like shit. And she's going on about how the doctor doesn't know what she's talking about. The nurse is like, yeah, I don't think she does. And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. So on six different anti-nauseas, on buffer solutions to help with whatever. And I, at one point, lost it. Why the hell are you holed up in this hospital bed, getting stabbed with a bunch of needles, up on, like, however many different anti-nauseas, or whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, I just went off. Why aren't you sitting in my house in a bathtub full of Epsom salt smoking a joint? The nurse just was like, you got me. <laughs> like, shit, I never thought of that. But that's exactly what my mom needed. Smoking a joint, sitting in a bathtub. Now you've got both. You've got an anti-nausea. You've got fucking Epsom salts. That's exactly what they're pumping into her blood right now. I look up and it says yep. magnesium sulfate. And I'm like, those are Epsom salts. Like, mm -hmm. so they don't see it. They don't get that mom doesn't need another dose of hydromorphine. Mom needs to stop getting the lactose that you're pumping into her system because she's allergic. You know, like there were just things that they didn't understand. And I was still concussed. So I couldn't articulate. And I'm like, why are you oh, giving yeah. her dairy? And the woman was so condescending, Jamie. It's a molecule. It's not dairy. It's just a molecule. I wanted to be like, I'm a fucking chemist. Those <laughs> <laughs> are. But I couldn't well, articulate what I was trying to say. Like, you're giving her yeah. these sugars and you're giving her these things and she doesn't have the enzymes to break them down. So she feels the way I used to feel as a child. I know these feelings and you're giving her hydromorphine. You know, so it just, it was a complete ignore you. I'll, I do, I'll know what best, you know, mm -hmm. and that's, I have a really hard time because you're nothing but a number. You're not even a person with a thing. You're just a thing. You, you're just diabetes. You're, you know, pancreatic cancer. You're this person, you're that person, but they don't look at the person who has that condition. Mm -hmm. Right. You don't have diabetes because your mother had diabetes. You inherited the lifestyle that gave your mother diabetes. Exactly. Exactly. Right? Um, and you inherited the coping mechanisms because it's not, it's not a thing that's making you sick. It's not, you know, the genes or the whatever, you know, like coronavirus or whatever the fuck it is. It's stress and it's your body's ability to cope or not cope. Right. That's it. That's what's making us sick. And stress comes from lack of air, lack of water, and lack of nutrients. That's really it. And then it's the blind pilot, right? I should have done this. I should have done that. I hate myself, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But that has a lot to do with the food you're feeding yourself too, because good food is a good mood. 90% of your serotonin comes from your gut. So if you're not feeding your gut, if you don't have good gut bacteria, you do not have good thoughts. And your thoughts create your emotions, your thoughts create your actions, your thoughts create 
your life, your reality. And if you don't have good thoughts, it's because your gut bacteria is whispering to you. It's that blind pilot that's telling, I call it the itty bitty shitty committee. <laughs> and that talks to you. Yeah. You're not good enough, yeah. right? You're not good enough. That wasn't good enough. This isn't good enough. What do you think you're doing? Who do you think you are? Fuck off. Right? Well, you know what's like, funny shut too, up. <laughs> um, when they say, like, when you have weird dreams and stuff like that, it's because you ate something wrong. And I find that hilarious because, like, that happens. Like, I, I would go to bed, shove a pizza in my face, maybe, I don't know, a couple burgers or something like that, go to bed and have these really messed up dreams. Then wake up in the morning like, what? And when you're sick, too. Like, it's worse. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, people don't. But back to the um, um, being like a, 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 a when I had mono oh, in yeah. the hospital, and they said to me, so usually we don't um, give anybody antibiotics because the virus um, reacts with antibiotics, and you'll break out in a rash from head to toe. Do you know oh, why? Okay. Because it's not a bacteria. <laughs> Exactly. Anyway, so then, <laughs> so I, um, but the tonsillitis was getting so bad. So the lady's like, we're going to give you, um, uh, we're going to give you, uh, what is, what is, whatever. She gave me, an, um, like penicillin um, or something, something like that. No, not penicillin because my, I've never actually been tested. My mom is allergic. Mm, okay. But anyways, whatever. They get, and I broke out in a rash, head to toe. And I was just like, you people are idiots. Like, why? <laughs> and so then I went back home and they were like, okay, you can't, you can't do anything for like three months, blah, blah, blah. My mom was not having it. She's like, this is stupid. No. So she was just asking around. And one of her friends said, when she was in Haiti, Two shots of B12. Yep. And then she was good to go again. So yep. my mom found the biggest dosage of B12 that she could find over the counter. And she's like, have two of these every day. I was good within about three weeks, but I let it rest for an extra week just to be sure. Back at work, back yeah. at everything. And then everyone's always like, oh, yeah, your, your immune system's going to be shot after that. And No. <laughs> No, it's not. Actually. The human body is miraculous. Miraculous. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's an apothecary. If your brain's going to be used for anything, it's the apothecary to just give yourself any, if, like, oh, drugs. You want drugs? You want good drugs? Go for a run. If you want, you know, like, those are the things that we need to focus on. It's not, and people don't, um, like lots of people will say like, oh, this person's a drug addict, that person's a drug addict because they're like on heroin or cocaine or meth or something. But nobody thinks food is a drug and we are so hooked on food. Sugar is eight times more addictive Sugar. than cocaine yes. and it's going to light up your brain so much more. And yet we need it. It is absolutely essential. This is why we're so like, ee! because the blind pilot goes, well, that was fun and easy. Let's do that again. Because it was quick nutrients, quick sugar. But your body actually needed all the nutrition that they've stripped away from that sugar actually to utilize it. So you're burning mm -hmm. through B3, 
and magnesium, like all these minerals just to utilize that sugar because they stripped the cane juice and made refined sugar, right? They, yep. You're not chewing on a piece of cane anymore. You're chewing on refined sugar. And in nutrition school, we had a little saying, the whiter the bread, the sooner you're dead. And the, um, the definitely like lethal recipe is like white sugar, white flour. So refined oils, refined flour, refined sugars and salts and any chemicals and preservatives. Like we're not preserving food the way grandma used to. Right. Right. We're using like formaldehyde and like weird shit, not like salt and smoke. <laughs> yeah. Like. <laughs> like it's insane. And then we're told that we have to use hydrolyzed soy protein and nitrates. No, you don't. Like, no, you don't. Just the same as you don't need to use Roundup to grow wheat. You just have to <laughs> not use Monsanto seeds. Right. Like there's just things. And when, when companies like Monsanto, they're like, oh, we just want to feed the world. No, there's a difference between wanting to feed the world and wanting to control the world's food. There's a huge yep. difference between wanting to yep. feed the world and wanting to control the world's food. So there is a book that I just finished reading called Lynchpin. Okay. And I highly recommend it. What it talks about is how people um can be successful and it's just about being a linchpin which in today's society is pretty much going against the grain so not so becoming so valuable that people they need you around um i i'm not explaining this very well but it it talks about how when the industrial age came they turned everybody the the way that we live economically now has only been around since the industrial age yeah before that thousands of years before that human beings still survived yeah but now they're trying to tell you the best way to do it is to follow feed the into the system yeah so they want you to yeah. feed into the system as opposed to growing your own food providing for your neighbor you know we are we are pack animals we need community this covid thing has really fucked with us because like you know social distancing no hugs yeah. all that stuff has really fucked with us and we're fear like we are we're hugely fear driven so as soon as you tap into that then people react in stress mode People react in fight or flight. We get really stupid in fight or flight mode. But mm -hmm. as soon as you give people the responsibility and the empowerment. So I, as a nutritionist, I, I understood that system. I did not ever want to have someone reliant on me though. I don't want to create codependency. I want to work right. myself out of a job. I want to teach you. I want to educate you. And I want to empower you so that you can make the choices for yourself and not have to rely on me six months from now that's exactly that's exactly what this book was talking about um and it was so one of the big things that i took from it is gifts right you gift things to people it doesn't make you invaluable but it helps out the people around you and the more that your community has been helped out the easier it is for for everybody to be happy. We are only as strong as our weakest link. And the only way to be successful is to make someone else 
people's dreams come true, right? Like that is my goal in life is, so I'm a wellness wizard for sure. And I can help you with like all your wellness solutions, but I'm also a business mentor. I want to help you work smarter, not hard, right? Cause it's all about efficiency. It's all about leverage. And there's a difference between being efficient and being effective, right? Efficiency is, is um, programmed. Efficiency is mechanical, mm-hmm. effective yep. people. So I want to be efficient in all my processes, but I want to be effective with my people. And that means I have to not be a robot. I actually have to give a shit. And I think it was Roosevelt that said, um, nobody cares about how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. And that shifted right. me so hard because I would just walk around being like, look at all the stuff I know. I'm a walking encyclopedia. I'm awesome. I'm, I can help you. I can help you. I can help. It's all about me. And then as soon as it was like, well, I can help you get better rest. You're going to have more energy. You're going to have this, you're going to have that, you know, and now it's all about you. And then it was like, Oh yeah, it's not about me at all. It's not about what I can do. It's about what I can help you do. So therefore it's about what you can do. So now Mm -hmm. I just teach people what they can do. And that's where, that's where I get my joy is watching someone play with their kids for like an hour longer than they ever thought they could or fit into the seats at the, at Wonderland or, you know, not have to like, just, I, the hardest part about my job is selling someone on a feeling they've never had, but the best part about my job is helping them get that feeling. Right. Yeah. And showing them how simple it can be because we have been brainwashed into thinking this is hard. We have been brainwashed by the medical industry to give our responsibility to them. They will take care of you via pills. We have been brainwashed by the fitness industry that you need to look like a bodybuilder in order to be fit. They are not fit people. They're aesthetically maybe, but on the inside, their body is screaming for help. So, what I find funny too is like, so at work, I used to do a lot of lifting. Now I'm kind of behind the desk, so I don't enjoy that as much. But there would be guys who would be like jacked from the gym and I would lift something up and they'd be like, Whoa, how did you do that? It was just like, yeah, it's not because I'm at the gym pumping an iron, like pumping iron the most weirdest way that you're ever going to like, that doesn't make any sense. Who sits there and pushes things on their back from their chest. Exactly. Are you lifting a car up? What? So many people have been like, oh, how much do you bench? I'm like, I don't give a shit. How much hay can you load? Right. You know, Practical. like I want to know functional Practical. fitness. I, I'm not going to expect you to get on the ground, roll a bale of hay over onto yourself and then thrust it up at me. <laughs> you know, like that's not going to be work. Like that's not going to work for you. So that's not going to be helpful right. for anybody. So I don't give a shit what you can bench. I don't give a shit what you squat. I don't care, you know, what random movement you do at the gym. Is it functional? Are you strong enough to not throw your back out when you sneeze? You know, and everything you do at the gym should be to strengthen your spine and to protect your spine. And yet most people don't even consider it. It's not even a thought. They do like lower back extensions and they're sitting there working their lower back because my lower back hurts. It needs more work. No, it needs a break. You need to turn your glutes on because you put the accountant in for the quarterback and expected to win the game. Like, it's not going to work out for you. You're just lifting your leg and catching your next fall. It's not efficient, you know? So I teach people efficiency. So that means, like, breath work and proper muscle activation. Because I've had a lady sit with me. We do a few, like, muscle releases so that you're actually 
telling the blind pilot that you don't just have quads, that you have hamstrings and glutes and everything too, right? Because your body yeah. is innately lazy. We will always take the shortest distance from A to B. So if your bicep is really tight, you're going to use this yeah. as opposed to your lats, right? I'm stronger using my lats, but if my bicep is tight, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to be up here as opposed to um, one of my – I used to teach yoga in groups before the whole COVID thing. And one of my favorite lines is your shoulders don't pay rent. So they don't live up here. They live <laughs> down here. Your shoulders don't pay rent. So they need to live away from your ears. So it's, it's a good reminder to like, where are your shoulders, right? Like we're cold, we're Canadian, we're stressed, we're all this all the time, except for July and August, right? And then we're at the beach or we're somewhere and we're still stressed out because we're on our phones and we're doing this. <laughs> So but how much better does it feel in. just to drop your shoulders? Exactly. And then your neck goes, things. oh. And that's where yeah. breath work comes in. So breath work, muscle manipulation. And you could actually lose like six inches just by taking a walk after you've released. So my motto is loosen the tight spots, then tighten the weak spots. Then you can go for your walk. So loosen your quads, activate your glutes, then go walk uphill and you'll be burning. You'll be like, where did these butt muscles come from? Because I guarantee you've never felt them before. You know, we sit on them all day. They're stretched out. Your brain, they're yeah. like toddlers. They run away. If your brain doesn't think about them all the time, they're just like, whatever. Mm -hmm. So you have like tons of muscles, but your brain's like, oh, well, I can only keep track of five or six. Like, right. yep. so if you're constantly utilizing your body in one way, that is the way it's going to be because your body is lazy. It wants to take the most efficient way from A to B. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want that to be, you know, if you don't want to be trying to arm wrestle Popeye all the time and expecting to win, you know, cause that's exactly what we're doing, especially if we're, um, abs, lots of people want abs. So they go and do crunches, <laughs> right? They go and do crunches, but the best way to strengthen your abs is actually stretch them out. So the best way to do your abs is actually lean backwards. You know what I mean? Like I did a whole video on stop doing planks. Like I get right irate about planks, like stop doing planks. They're useless Do dead bugs. So if anybody wants to check out the video, like it's, it's definitely like lie on your back, activate your core properly, strengthen and stabilize your spine. Cause if you're flailing and your back hurts doing planks, you're not stabilizing anything. And you're just using muscles that are turning on and off because your body's lazy. So you might use your well, shoulders. It feels like you you're tightening your things up too when you're planking. Yeah. It's, and it's not efficient. Like who, who is ever in that position? <laughs> like, do you ever spend time in that position ever? Even like against the wall, standing up. Do you ever be like, oh, just wait a minute. I'm going to go plank for a second. Like, no. Just we don't hold do this that. wall up here. Yeah. We don't do that. But I guarantee you, instead of planking against the floor or whatever, if you go stand with your back against the wall, try to get your heels against the wall, try to get the back of your head against the wall without being like this, or without being, you know, really squished, if you try to get the back against the wall and actually put your shoulders there, you'll start shaking in a matter of seconds. Nobody notices how hunched over we are and how tight the pecs are. So traps, pecs, quads get really, really tight. Nobody ever sees old people walking around like this. <laughs> right, yeah. Right? We all cave in. Yeah, it's all very, like, it's, it's a domino effect. So when people, like, people have asked if I'm psychic because I'm like, did you have ankle surgery or did you do something to your right ankle recently? And they're like, Oh, six years ago, I had this thing. Like, how did you know? I'm like, because your body told me you're compensating still <laughs> like 
you stub your toe and it might hurt for three hours, but you're walking funny for three weeks. I don't care who you are, you know? And like, I broke my foot. I've broken so many things. I know about imbalances now because I had to teach myself how to walk again. No physio ever understood what was going on with me. I had to do this all myself because I wasn't willing to take no for an answer. I wasn't willing to walk with a cane by the time I was 35, but I was told at 29 that I would be. And I went, fuck you. No, I don't agree with that. And yet, do you have any idea how many people, let's say get a cancer diagnosis? They may not even have cancer, okay? But the doctor says you have three months to live. They will actually die in three months because the doctor put that in their head that they're going to die. So they went, okay. Yeah, their body just shuts down. And how many people, the opposite effect. Doctor gives them three months to live and they're like, fuck you, I'm gonna see my daughter's sixth birthday. And they're like, yep. You know, and then she dies three months after her daughter's sixth birthday or something. Like, it's crazy because people have like, decided. I've... Yeah. So, okay. Placebo effect, Jane, my... You know about the placebo effect. So, like, that yeah. is a thing. Yes. <laughs> my, my, um, so recently my grandmother died. Um, not, not the nice one. She's been dead for, she's been dead for a while. Um, um, my mom's mom, who is not a really nice person. Um, it was almost a relief that she died, which is sad, but that was what the last podcast was. Anyways, so we were always, um, afraid that grandpa would die first. And if he did, then things were just going to get worse. But, um, he has been taken to a home cause he can't take care of himself um, they're trying to move him back into the house now that she's dead. Um, but there's a lot of things they have to do cause he can't climb stairs. Um, there needs to be a bathroom on the main level and his bathroom's upstairs and yada, yada, yada. But we all f- fully believe that this man stayed alive because if he died, then she would lose all her benefits as well. So we fully believe this man has been sticking around pure willpower. He's 93 years old, can't walk. Um, I went to go see him two years ago. His house downstairs was about 75 degrees Fahrenheit. So upstairs was probably 80 or so. Wrapped in a duvet. Just because um, he was cold. And we're like, grab it. You need to eat food and you need to get up and uh, just walk around. Even if it takes you all day, just get up and walk around. Anyways, so we were all kind of worried. But no, this man had sheer willpower and he stayed alive until he needed to. And he's still alive right now. But Amazing. we think it'll probably just be a, a matter of months or whatever now. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like once they've decided that it's like, okay, I'm, I'm done. My duty is over. You know, like that's it. It's they go pretty fast. And like when my, my aunt died, my aunt and uncle had been together like 63 years had been married or something. And then when she died, I knew like he was going to go quick because they were so close. Right. Like they, when the other one goes, they're just like, they got no reason to live and they got, you know, a lot of people end up dying at retirement for that reason, because they, they don't know what to do with themselves and they, you know, have a massive heart attack or something. Like it's just this crazy, it's, it's really sad when, 
Um, I think those are the types of people that are living someone else's dream, right? Like they didn't do what they wanted to do. They're doing, you know, they were a doctor because that's in the family or they were a lawyer because that's in the family or they were this because that's, you know, what their daddy said or mommy said or whatever, and they weren't living their dream. So they didn't have their purpose. They were just living for the weekend and living for retirement. And then once that happens and you're like, well, I thought this was going to be better. Like Mm -hmm. shit, you know, (laughs) but you haven't spent your life building that. You, you spent your life, you know, avoiding friends or you spent your life just working or, you, you know, you spend your life doing this thing or breaking your back for a company and then they fire you or the company goes under or something. And then people are just like, my identity is gone now. Right. Like Simon had that huge when he, he drank the Kool-Aid at Good Life. Right. Like he was a good lifer. He drank the Kool-Aid hard, but they had already spiked my Kool-Aid. So I knew I knew about the Kool-Aid. So I was like, don't drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> So I knew not to drink it the second time around, but I knew Simon was like hardcore, drank the Kool-Aid. So when they pulled out the rug from under him, he was beside himself. He was just like, who am I without good life, right? Like, who am I if I'm not a spin instructor? Who am I if I'm not a personal trainer? Who am I if I'm not all these things that I've identified with? I've noticed that with my clients, like a few of my clients, um, you know, lost 40 pounds of 40 sessions or 50 pounds of 50 sessions. And just like, yeah, you did awesome. But then other people, it's like two years later and they're down 20 pounds. How come? Well, cause this guy's a comedian and all of his jokes are fat jokes or this girl, you know, totally just thinks she's gotta be fat cause she's told herself big is beautiful or whatever, you know, they get mm-hmm. themselves in their head and it's also about your environment. So if one of my clients, his mother was comfortable with him being a big boy because he was more reliant on her. He was more of a mama's boy. He was a lot less um, self-confident, you know what I mean? So it was, it was more of like a manipulation on her part of like, let's keep him close because I already lost my other son. So let's keep this one close and keep him fat and keep him reliant on me, right? Let's keep his self-esteem down so that he needs me to tell him I love him or whatever. So there's yeah. a lot of things that go on like that too. So when I first became a nutritionist, I... Really, I realized pretty quick that nobody wanted to talk to me about food. So I became a personal trainer because I was obsessed with, I was already a gym rat. I'd been working out since I was 15, you know, like football team, the works. I was powerlifting, all sorts of things. Like I was, I was the boot camp girl, right? Like I was all sorts of like burpees and boot camp. So um, I was like hardcore crazy, but then I hit my head, couldn't move, right? you end up discovering yoga and meditation instead because you're like, well, I can't do burpees and, you know, crazy Mm -hmm. things anymore. But I, that's how I put it together was that like people aren't just looking for their ass to be kicked. It's not just food and exercise. It's mindset. It's, it's your community. Because like if my husband was coming home with a pizza every Friday night, this would not work out. Right. You know, And like, if you and I don't have the same values, we're going to have a hard time living together. If you're bringing home, you know, like sour kids and all these candies and I'm trying to get over a sugar addiction, right? So it's kind of like living with Coke addicts if you're trying to not be a Coke addict. So you have to realize who you're surrounded by because you are the, basically your five closest people. You are just like them. Exactly. Yep. And it's yep. based on energy. You are, you can't help it. Even if you don't start out that way. Like even if I, if I moved into a house with like five really negative people and I was like, whoa, bubbly, blah, blah, blah. Within a year, I'd be like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm just Eeyore, blah, 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 you know? And it's because of that. We are energetic beings. We are all vibration and energy goes or energy flows where attention goes. And if your attention is constantly on the thing, which is why I'm so adamant. Like I did a video, I called it weight loss goals are for losers. Skinny bitch says do this instead. So it was all about like, fuck weight loss goals. Because as soon as you set a weight loss goal, you failed. Right. You failed because you've set yourself up to lose something that is not motivating. No matter how fucking way you look at it, you need to set yourself up with a health gain goal. It's not about weight loss. It's about health gain. It's not about cancer awareness because we get more cancer when we focus on cancer. Let's focus on wellness awareness. Let's focus on a war against farmer's markets. Maybe we'll get more farmer's markets instead of more drugs. You know what I mean? We get what we focus on. So why are we focused on the negative? Because we're designed that way. But we can shift it. It's all a perspective shift, right? So fuck weight loss, health gain. I don't care that you want to lose 20 pounds. I want to know why you think 20 pounds is going to change your life. Is it going to help you breathe better? Is it going to help you play with your kids? Is it going to give you more energy? Because I don't give a fuck about that number. That number is arbitrary. And that number, if you really want to lose weight, cut your leg off. <laughs> There's much easier ways. Yes. See yeah. what I'm saying? You, yeah. you don't want to lose weight. Just the same as you are not fat. Just the same as you are not, you have fingernails, but we don't go around calling ourselves, oh, I'm so fingernails today. <laughs> what? You right. have fat. You aren't fat. It is not what makes you who you are. Right? You have fat. Just like you have fingernails. But do you want to lose, you know, 20 pounds of fat and gain 10% muscle mass? That's something we can work with. And again, it's about the why, because when you walk by Krispy Kreme and go, mmm, smells so good, you have to know why you wanted to lose that 20 pounds of fat and gain that 10% muscle mass. You need to know that it was about, you know, taking your kids to the park and it was about breathing better and not having a sleep apnea machine or all those things that we do, right? Getting off the blood pressure meds, getting off the beta blockers, getting off the whatever. That's what it's about. It's not about the aesthetics. And it's not about the superficial weight loss because that is what the beauty industry has brainwashed into, into thinking. Yes. Could you imagine if women thought they were beautiful? Could you imagine? Like, I already have a weakness for women, <laughs> but like I would just be, yeah, there'd be no hope for me. <laughs> now, so if we were all trained to think that we are awesome, okay? We're all trained to know that boys will be boys, so give them, you know, a little bit of slack, right? We're like all it. trained yeah, for yeah, that yeah, shit. Yeah. Why aren't we trained? Why aren't we trained from little kids? Because if we're told, if girls are told, just give them, you know, leeway because boys will be boys, why aren't boys told girls will be girls, so look to them. They're leaders. They're problem solvers. Go to them for things. Why aren't yeah. we told that, right? We're told that boys are better than girls. And you may not be told that specifically, but you are indirectly told that. Action. Just yeah. like we are taught racism. We are taught these things. Like we are, mm -hmm. this is taught in the way a lesson is, is like communicated. You don't just teach what you're, what you're teaching. What you're teaching saying. everything, yeah. body language. We, we use like 70 to 90% body language most of the time. Like yes. this is where I'm having a hard time with the whole mask thing because we rely on lip reading. We rely on facial expressions. We rely on not just this. Right. 
So that's, I had a really hard time in Loblaws the other day. I never go to the grocery store, let alone the wrong grocery store. So I always go to like that Loblaws and I was at this Loblaws, okay? So I'm having a hard time. I can't find hemp heart. So I go up to a little girl. Do you have hemp hearts? And she's like, what? what? And I'm hemp hearts, right? So I had muffles, like hemp hearts. What? Hemp hearts. And she's like, oh yeah. Come this way, right here. I'm looking at her, I'm like, what? she's like, Tampax. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> Never mind. Like, forget it. I just walked away. I was like, um, all right. Like, I don't know what, I'm, I'm angry with a mask on, right? Like, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm irritated, I'm angry, and I can feel it in everybody else. Like we're irritated, we're hot, we're sticky, we're annoyed, you know, but then we're also not getting like the, hi, how are you today? Oh, that's great. You know, we're not getting any of those body language things, the cues. So we're just miserable little fucks. It's awful. <laughs> and we rely a lot on mouth reading. I could not imagine yes. if I was hard of hearing or deaf oh. or, oh my God, like they're just the things that we we don't even realize that we're doing you know what i mean mm -hmm. and yeah. the whole not paying with cash and that like just the the things that they're taking away that we're not even realizing that are going on it's just it's really scary um because we don't we don't know how the body works and that's really scary <laughs> we don't know how humans work and yet we are human yeah. you know what i mean and that's, that's what it scares me when when i tell people that like you are your best doctor you are your best nutritionist because nobody knows you better than you and the scary part is you don't know yourself well enough. Right. Yeah. Nobody knows themselves very well. Right? We no, don't understand don't why we're triggered by this thing. We just freaked out. We don't want to take the time to understand why our ego is so butthurt about that thing. Right. You know, yeah. we don't want to take the time. It's not my fault. I'm going to blame everybody else. It's not responsibility. <laughs> That's hard. But I even, I even feel though, like, so in the past five years, I would say there's a lot of growth that I've gone through. And I still feel like I just scratched the surface. Like there's not, there's still a lot that I got to figure out. Yeah. And so like every morning I do these little one minute positivity speech. You got this blah, blah, blah. Right. And it helps me just as much as it helps everybody else. Um, <clears throat> but like, I'm always thinking what else? Like, what else don't I know? What else? Why do I have to keep telling myself this stuff all the time? Because I know this, but then I don't know it at the same time. Like, you forget so easily. Um, I think, too, we as human beings are manipulated so easily. And so we forget where it is that we're going, what it is that we want to do. And the worse that we are so yeah if you um you know feed people the wrong information if you feed people the wrong food if you um um you know tell people the wrong things to do and make them believe it then yeah you'll control them mm -hmm. but then you'll have a whole society of lost people Ta -da! <laughs> 2020. <laughs> I honestly, I Are read a meme the... the other day where it was like, maybe somebody was like, hindsight's in 2020, and it was just somebody from the future, and we didn't understand what they meant. <laughs> <laughs> that is 
is awesome. <laughs> but no, I was talking to my dad too. Like, um, so he's not well versed. Like, he reads up on uh, Black American history, but that's not his 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 strong suit. So I was telling him about um, Black codes in the U.S. just after the Civil War, and how it was just kind of another form of slavery. Um, getting black people back into the jail cell, uh, the jail system because um, people didn't have rights if they were criminals. So they just turned black people into criminals. Then after that, then they tried to divide homes and then just break apart and then introducing um, um, other things like corn syrup into the black community and trying to tell you that this is a black thing to do. You need I honestly all kinds of sugar. That that was why weed was illegalized. Like it was because it was mainly um, blacks, Hispanics, and those types of things. That's why they went from calling it like it was. It was just it. It they turned it into this dirty thing, and then they made it illegal. So now it was criminalized. So now, okay, we're just gonna we don't like this population, so we're just gonna criminalize everything that they're doing. It's so fucked up that like, there's just, oh, it's so, and then don't even get me started on the whole sugar versus fat thing. Because in the sixties and fifties, we were totally brainwashed into thinking that fat was the problem and it was sugar. And they knew that, they knew yeah. that, knew that the sugar was causing heart disease, but they were going to tell everybody it was fat. So let's put everybody on this low fat, no fat shit storm diet and look what's sugar. happened. We've exploded mm -hmm. in obesity. The populations that drink the most milk have the most osteoporosis. So that's bullshit. So like, there's right, just yep. so much that is coming to light now because they didn't have the stats to prove that back then, right? Mm -hmm. Now we're just finding out like, oh shit, fluoride may not be the best thing for bones because it causes spontaneous fractures. Like what? <laughs> you know, but they don't notice that until later. Oh, thalidomide must not be a good thing. People are coming out with arms on their foreheads, you know, like there's just stuff that like asbestos and thalidomide, like there are so many things that we've been told like DDT that, oh, it's fine. Nope. Nope. It's really not, you know, like BPA. And there's so many toxic chemicals that have been unleashed into the world. And we have no idea what they do, let alone what they do together. Because you, I mean, you know, as Kev is like any sort of combination, like add vinegar and baking soda together. What do you get? Yep. Right? You, get, you could have the most basic ingredients and you add them together and you're going to get an insane superbug or you're going to get an insane reaction or you're going to get contraindications that are like no other, you know? And we don't even know. We've scratched the surface. Like you said, the more you know, the more you realize you don't fucking know anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Well, I'm going to have to crazy. I'm going to have to cut it here. We're going to have to do this again yeah. this Yes, was, please. This yeah, the dog's driving me nuts. Yeah, I can talk to you forever. <laughs> yeah, this is so awesome. I'm so glad I started this thing out. Yeah. So, yeah. Um I probably won't edit it. This is going to be raw cuz okay. this is ridiculous. So, yes. Um but yeah, we'll do this again and yes, um yeah, this will be fun. I'll let you know. Yay! Awesome. Okay, okay. I'll stop the recording.